You're listening to the Business Shorts Podcast, where we interview successful small business owners in unique markets, all in under 30 minutes. If you want to start a small business and you're not sure what market to enter, or you're looking for actionable advice on how to improve your existing business, you're in the right place. For more information, show notes, and more, check out bshortspodcast.com. So today we've got Bobby Walker with us, and he is the general manager at TRT, Pressure Washing and Window Cleaning, TotalRestorationTeam.com, and he's based out of Orlando, and we're really excited to have him on. I found him on Reddit, just like a lot of guests, and he has a really strong entrepreneur mentality, so um, welcome to the show, Bobby. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Why don't you start with by telling us a little bit about you and kind of how you ended up in the window washing business, your background, and and kind of where you are today? Okay, yeah, I'll uh, I'll try not to go too far back, and I'll give you maybe the thirty second life story, and then we can dig into <laughs> the other stuff as we go forward. But uh, short version is, you know, I just have a high school education, so no college. I had a bunch of jobs, you know, just kind of growing up. Once I got out of high school, didn't have a lot of direction or or focus in life, and. Basically, I uh, found this job in the security industry. I lied to get the job, said I was a good employee. My previous job before this one was an $11 an hour forklift position that I was really proud of. Got landed this job in the security industry, being a technician, installing security systems, and something happened. I was about 28 when I got that job, and something happened where you know I kind of grew up overnight, and in that particular industry, I went from a guy that was just driving a forklift for 11 bucks an hour to six years later, I was the vice president and general manager of the Oklahoma region of this very large security company. And so as you could imagine, in a short amount of time, uh, lots of exponential personal growth going from just being a a real, uh, well, I don't know what kind of podcast we have, so I'll use nice words, but being a loser, you know, when it comes to being an employee, I was late all the time and called in a lot and stuff like that. Grew up, was in the right place, right time, preparation, meeting opportunity, being a little lucky. And so anyway, um, my career turned around in a short period of time, was really enjoying that. A few mergers happened and I stopped enjoying it. So I was in the corporate world, climbed that corporate ladder. A couple of mergers happened uh, fairly close to each other. And the short version is it was just killing my soul. You know, I just was not enjoying life too much. You know, uh, when I wasn't working, I wasn't able to enjoy time with my family because of the stress of the corporate world. And, and then next thing you know, the second merger happens and it's taken my job away. So, you know, I was going to be, uh, well, technically not unemployed, but it was taking my real position away. They were putting me in a commission only spot. And I thought, you know what, I've kind of wanted to do my own business for a long, long time. And just so the next day when I found out that my job was going away, I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to start my own business. I had stumbled across the video on YouTube about starting a service business, literally took my phone to Lowe's, turned the video on bought two of everything because my son was my business partner. So we just bought two of everything that this guy said to buy to start a window cleaning business. And then next thing you know, here we are. So, you know, things have uh, changed and grown over the last year and a half and uh, real excited to talk about what we're doing in, in our current business. So, yeah, that's a great story. What about window washing? So you do residential or commercial or do you have some kind of niche? Most of our work is residential. So I'm going to say to the tune of about 90, 95%. And then as far as the type of work we do, we started out doing window cleaning only. 
And roughly, I don't know, let's see here. I don't know, four months into it, uh, we added pressure washing. And pressure washing, within 30 days of adding it, became the majority of what we do. So, you know, like I think you guys, uh, I think I ran into you guys on Reddit, if I remember correctly. And yep. and on there, I've kind of become known as like the window cleaning guy. But in reality, window cleaning at this stage is about close to 40% of what we do. Most of it is uh, pressure washing. So residential work, we do some commercial, uh, not because I avoid commercial work, but with the resi stuff, that's kind of money right now today and some decent money to do it. Commercial, I want to go after some larger stuff in the future, but that won't be until I have this residential segment tied down, automated, and I don't have to be involved in the day-to-day on the resi side. So what was the thought process going into window washing? Because it seems like you had an interest in a service business. And so, you know, why not landscaping or something like that? What was it about window washing? There was nothing that attracted me to window cleaning, to be honest with you. Ironically, so you are right. I was looking at starting a service business on the side when I was employed for a service company because it's what I knew. I'd been running one for other people. I knew how to do that. And I thought, you know, I'll start a service business because, you know, service companies are things that you can start very small. You can do on nights and weekends, but they can scale and become very large. So you can kind of do it on the side when you need to, and then you can make a lot of money down the road. So the reason I chose window cleaning was because as I was doing research, just my market research on starting businesses and stuff, I stumbled across a video by this guy named Keith Kalfas. So check him out. He's pretty cool on YouTube. And he just has this video that's like, here's how you can start a window cleaning business. It's like an eight minute video. I just clicked on it. I watched it and I thought, huh, my son walked up as soon as I was done watching it. And I said, Caleb, and I I was just off the cuff, just being, you know, just popping off. And I said, if I were to lose my job tomorrow, that's what we would do to pay the bills. And sure as hell, the next day is when I found out my job was going away. So I just said, you know what? It's a cheap, you know, low barrier to entry job. I can get out there and make sure that I can pay rent next month. I never planned on doing it long term. I just chose it because I knew I could make a buck today, pay the rent while I figured out what I was going to do going forward. Now look at you making a lot of bucks. Well, yeah, they're making a lot of revenue. Uh, It's not (laughs) all going in my pocket just yet, but we are growing for sure. Awesome. Uh, If you don't mind, can you tell us a little bit about it? If you don't mind sharing, uh, just walk us through kind of the profitability of the window washing segment as well as the pressure washing segment and kind of which one you prefer? I will say this. I know that a healthy pressure washing and or window cleaning company is going to be around a 20 to 25% profit margin. And at the truest sense of the word, a lot of a lot of the time when I tell people that they're like, you would only take home 25%. No, that's, you know, the actual profit. So after I would pay myself, maybe as the general manager and pay labor and pay expenses, the company should profit about that. So ideally, you know, if we're doing a million dollars, the company should be able to profit about $250,000. So if I can set the company up to be a turnkey operation at a million plus, there should be plenty of money for my son and I to split as profit and not even have to be involved in the day to day. And then where I'm at right now, so my company, I've set our profit very low right now per a book called Profit First, if you guys haven't heard of it, but we've actually limited our profit to 5%. So we say, well, the company's not going to profit more than that. So I pay myself a salary right now of $50,000 a year. So, you know, I'm not getting rich at the moment. So I'm paying me as the general manager of the company. And my son is our crew leader 
and we have a technician that works with him. So those two guys do almost all of the work. I still do a little bit of it. And I have it set to where my labor expense for technicians will not exceed 30% of our revenue. So revenue 30% is going to go to technician labor. And then I get that $50,000 salary. And then basically all the rest of the money, except for 5% of the revenue, we're putting right back into the company, buying equipment, marketing, things like that. Okay. Well, can you uh, walk us through uh, like a typical residential window washing job and a pressure washing job and maybe how many you can do in a day? Like average yeah. size ticket too, I'm curious about as well. Yeah. So what we can do in a day versus what we actually do in a day. And this is like if my sales were on point, I'm not saying we do this all the time, but it's not unreasonable to expect a crew of two guys, if, especially with the pressure washing being involved in it, to be able to do $1,500 plus in a day. Now we don't do that every day, but that's because we're limited by our sales, not limited by operations at this stage in the game. My average ticket, this is just for this year. So January 1st through today, 653 bucks is uh, my average ticket price right now. And of that window cleaning, you know, the window cleaning average ticket is 406. And then all the pressure washing stuff combined is, uh, you know, house washes alone. My average win is 480. Average roof cleaning is 766. Average uh, surface cleaning job, 222. Okay. So that's kind of what we're looking at there. So I've built it to where we should be able to accrue a two in an eight to 10 hour day should be able to do $1,500 in revenue. So when we uh, build our pricing, I'm just basically trying to build the pricing around a capacity of $1,500 in a day. Sometimes we do more. Sometimes because of the way I've maybe misquoted a job, the guys can have a hard time finishing the eight or $900 job, but 15 is a reasonable yet aggressive target. So my question was, you know, you started with window cleaning, but currently, you know, it's about a third of your total revenue. But then you also mentioned some other things, house cleaning, roof cleaning, surface cleaning. How do all those break out? And I also heard that, for example, roof cleaning that had a very high ticket value. So why not just go into roof cleaning? What's kind of the, the split and the, and the rationale there? Good question. Truth be told, roof cleaning is kind of really is what you would want to really go after. It's the highest ticket item that we do. Uh, safety is a big concern. And so as of right now, I haven't decided if I'm going to keep roof cleaning as we scale. I do all the roof cleaning myself. That's really the main thing that I do in the field anymore is roof cleaning. And I do want to do it, but it's just kind of that of people following the proper procedures to ensure that we are safe. And then on top of it, the insurance is very, very difficult to get. So roof cleaning, mm, yeah. we don't really go after too much because once it exceeds a certain percentage of my revenue, the insurance coverage becomes very difficult. And we really, well, I shouldn't say we try, we do things on the up and up. There's a lot of guys out there that are doing this stuff without workers comp and things like that. And, yeah, you know, I'm trying to build this thing for the long term. Do it the and, right way. Yeah, do it the right way. So that's yeah. why the roof cleaning is not my main focus at the moment. That's very interesting because I've actually, I saw a uh, a commercial like building window washing business for sale and they were just raking it in in revenue. But the risk of having people on the side mm -hmm. of a high rise, I mean, that's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Which we don't do that type of work, but high rise work, you know, you could only imagine what, the, yeah. <laughs> what your insurance premiums are on something like that. Yeah. Okay, I'm just kind of recapping the numbers as we're going through it. And uh, if $1,500 is a good target ticket, uh, that means mm -hmm. four 
Uh, for a day, not necessarily. I'm not averaging oh, that on yeah, yeah, for the yeah, day. For a day. You know, just kind of fast forward. That's about four hundred thousand revenue in a year if that's mm-hmm. projected out. Uh, and at twenty five percent, that's a hundred thousand. I imagine some people are at home saying, "I can do that all day, every day, if I can get a hundred thousand dollars." But you know, one thing to consider, they're probably asking themselves now, is what is it going to take to get in this business? So, do you mind talking about the uh, startup costs? Yeah. So here's the thing. Everything's going to start sounding too good to be true here in a minute. And I'll, I want to point out a couple of things. The first one, I want to be real clear. We are not averaging 1500 a day in sales, but we can do that much operationally. So I just want to be clear. I do have a goal of $400,000 in revenue this year. I'm behind right now. I'm behind pace to achieve it, but that is my goal. I do plan on achieving it, but for anyone listening, I'm not saying I'm doing $1,500 a day, uh, every day right now. As far as a uh, barrier to entry or, you know, the cost to get into it, it's actually pretty low now, especially on the window cleaning side. And I will say this, <laughs> it would be much more difficult for me to hit my goals if I was not doing pressure washing, but window cleaning, you know, if you have nothing, if you have no equipment at all and you want to buy professional equipment, as long as you have a vehicle that you can work out of, you can get a really nice professional setup for about 600 bucks. And that's, wow. that's, yeah. you know, high end quality hand tools and then a ladder. Okay. And you can do basically pretty much, you know, pretty much any two story home for 600 bucks. Now, of course you can spend a lot more money and you can buy pure water systems and all kinds of crazy things. But I already had a couple of ladders and stuff whenever I started just because I had some, you know, just stuff that I had and I had a vehicle. So I think Caleb and I, I think we spent around 200 bucks to get started right away, you know, just uh, buying some basic hand tools, pressure washing. There's a lot of debate that'll go in here, but let's just say if you're going to buy a professional grade pressure washer, that alone is going to cost you about 2000 bucks, and you can spend $10,000 on a pressure washer. But if you want a good professional grade system, 2000 bucks, and then if you just want to squeak by as long as you still have a truck or something to put it all in, you could probably get away with spending another $1,000 on accessories and be able to do some work. You know, and be able to get out there and start making money. So three thousand ish on pressure washing, but that's bare bones minimum. Jobs are going to take you longer because you don't have all the right equipment just yet, but you have good enough equipment. What about in terms of operating costs, just ongoing costs when it comes to maintenance or anything like that? What's kind of the average figures for that? Okay, now that's an answer that I can't give you so much exact on because I've not been in the business that long and I haven't had a lot of maintenance issues and my, uh, you know, preventative maintenance as far as changing oil and machines or changing oil in your vehicles, you know, that's minimal. The fuel is very minimal on what we do. Uh, I do have a machine in the shop right now that's going to cost me 700 bucks to get a, a pump replaced, but I don't know what to expect as far as how often things like that happen. So, Keep in mind, I'm still kind of a rookie here, and uh, I'm basically one year into the pressure washing thing as we speak. I think it was last May or June when we started that. I think you were right when you said a lot of it sounds too good to be true, or at least financially. But what about over the past year? What have you learned that has surprised you that someone listening that you could kind of give them a, a head start on being a rookie? Yeah. So here's the thing, you know. <laughs> 
I get called out from time to time because I have a small social following, you know, online, uh, not, not a big one, but a small one. And I've had some people, you know, say, ah, you're, you're full of crap. You can't do this. You can't do that. Here's the thing is the jobs are out there to be had. What makes this difficult is a lot of people will start a business like this. So if you're, if you're a new guy, you got to remember that when you start out, you can't go out and be the guy that's going to be the price guy. Because if you are, you know, if you look, if you go on a Craigslist going into the wintertime, you're going to see tons and tons and tons of guys selling pressure washing equipment because they started their business and they couldn't do anything with it. And the reason for that is they basically, they're a technician. They're someone that's done technical work their whole life and they think, okay, I can clean stuff and I can do it cheaper than the other guys. What you've got to be able to do is position yourself to be, you know, say the luxury guy or the people that can charge a premium for the services. And then of course you got to be able to deliver on that. So my advice to new guys would be, First off, completely forget about equipment, completely forget about techniques. You know, we're just spraying water on things. You know, we're just cleaning windows. This is not rocket science here. What happens is people get involved and they focus on the technical side of things, but they don't focus on everything from sales scripts when they answer the phone to how to act and look professional whenever they're out on a sales call, how to differentiate themselves from the competition. So that way, when the other guy is sometimes half your price, why the customer should still choose you. Those are the things that are going to make you successful. And that's why, you know, we're able to charge more money than most people out there charge. It's also why we have more Google reviews than anyone in a very short amount of time. You know, we've just hit over a hundred Google reviews, all but one were five star. Where our next uh, closest competitor who's been around for about 20 years in this industry, I think has 20. And that's what separates us from pretty much everyone. Yeah. So if you're a new guy, you've got to have the mentality, at least I think with any business and especially with this one is you're not starting a service business. You're starting a sales and marketing business that just happens to sell and market window cleaning and pressure washing. And if you can have that mentality tied with a bust your kind of work ethic where all you're going to do, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you're out and you're, you're prospecting until it's time to go to bed at night. That's how you can be successful. And and that's, you know, I do have a chip on my shoulder when people call me out and say, ah, this it's not possible. I've tried it. And I'm like, you don't understand, man. You know, I've handed out flyers for so long, for, you know, on consecutive days that I couldn't walk because my, I'm, I'm almost 40. You know, I couldn't walk anymore because my knee wants to seize up on me and I have to lay in bed for two days while other people are out and they're like, well, I tried to hand out flyers and we did a thousand. I'm like, well, we've done like 40,000, you know, <laughs> we've done it. We've put in the work when everyone else is taken off on Saturday and Sunday, we're still grinding, you know? So as simple as it sounds, the bottom line is this, it does sound too good to be true. And it is simpler than you would imagine, at least to get to my level. Now, I can't speak for going beyond my level. And everything I've read and listened to says that I'm about to hit this extremely difficult part. You know, like right now, we're at $100,000 year to date, and it's May 8th. And this is closed out work. We've sold more than that, but we haven't done it all yet. You know, and we're hoping to hit 400 before the year's up. And they basically say the 400 to eight, 900,000 mark for service businesses is like kind of the no man's land or, or the, the desert where you wander before you can be successful. So I'm rambling to get back to the point, though, guys, is this is you must, must, must focus on the sales, focus on the marketing and focus on your unique value proposition that sets you aside from the other people so you can have that higher ticket price and then focus on the systems so you can be consistent every time and continue to get those reviews, continue to get the referrals, things like that. 
I like that a lot. And we've heard that multiple times now on just being a good marketer and just building your brand is way more important than just providing the service. Because a lot of these services, you know, the low barrier to entry, uh, there's a lot of people that, that jump into it on a whim and they, you know, it can be a pretty crowded space, but building your brand, building reviews. I mean, I don't buy anything without looking at reviews anymore. So I think that's super key and, and great advice. And if I may, just for another second, I mean, you guys direct me, you know, as you'd like, but if I can just harp on that for another second, I cannot stress the work, you know, the hours that you got to put into it. And that really is, I think, what separates the people that succeed versus those that don't. And it's really some down to one word is some people try to do this. I tried that kind of marketing. I tried flyers. I tried AdWords. I tried raising my prices. You don't understand. My market's different. People here don't want to pay this. All those things are hogwash. The reason you failed is because you tried. You didn't do it. And the reason we know it can be done is there's people that have went before us that have done it. They have been successful. So the case is proven. You now just have to copy what they do. And that's all I'm doing. I haven't invented anything. I've learned from the people I've worked for in the past that have been extremely successful. And I'm learning from the guys that have done exactly what I'm trying to do. And I'm just copying those guys to the T. I've reached out to them. I bug them. They know who <laughs> I am because I won't leave them alone you know, as I try to learn all that stuff. So that's my advice to new guys is find the people that have done it, copy them exactly and work until you want to cry. Yeah. So real quick before I turn it over to Henry, uh, what have you found are the best marketing channels for you? What works for you spreading the word on your business? We've really only had success with two. And early on, we just did flyers, flyers, flyers. So on day one, I didn't have flyers. On day one, I had some cheap business cards that I printed off at Vistaprint. And I was just walking into businesses because that's what I was doing at the very beginning is walking into businesses and just getting in front of people. Then we started doing flyers, had poor success, but made some money with those honed the flyer strategy with the designs versus where we were putting them. And then the frequencies of which we were hitting the same places over and over. And then flyers really started to pan out for us. So we got to the point where uh, we did our first $20,000 revenue month just doing flyers. We weren't doing any online advertising at all. Then right around that time is when we flipped to AdWords, basically. So right now, because we haven't tapped the entire market for AdWords here in Orlando, we do a lot of AdWords. So about 70% of our revenue right now is coming from, you know, not all from AdWords, but we'll just say from Google. And again, because I don't know how to track all this stuff exactly, I just hired someone to help with that. I can only imagine most of that comes from our AdWords spend. And then, of course, people are finding us online because of all the Google reviews that we have also. So flyers and AdWords, online nice. marketing. Excellent. Before we start the big questions, I have one quick lightning round question, which is if you could just give me a range, uh, and I think it'll be a wake-up call for a lot of people, but what's the range of hours you work per week? Listen, it's a little less now because I've got some people doing the work, but whenever I was like owner operator doing everything, it was not unreasonable for me to hit a hundred hours in a week. Now I didn't do a hundred hours every week, but I was definitely doing 80 hours every week. No question. And then if you want to include the time where I'm just like studying on the computer and you know, it's, it was my whole life. I was doing a hundred hours every week. If you just look into studying and growing and developing and books and stuff like that as well. I had no life. <laughs> it's coming now. I'm getting a little bit of one now, but I had no life. So let's go on, go on to our big questions, the same questions that we ask everyone. The first one is, you know, what's 
one piece of advice that you would give to listeners wanting to enter this market? Guys, I'm going to have to be a little cliche here, but it's just the honest to God truth. It, you've got to know your why. Um, do you guys understand that reference? I don't yeah, know if you're listening. I don't know if the listeners would or not, but at the end of the day, you've got to know why you're doing this thing. And if your why is going to allow you to try this, don't do it. And the reason why is with that low barrier to entry, everyone and their dog is doing it. And there's a term that I hate because my name's Bob, but there's a, they use this term called Bob with a bucket. And basically it's any dude named Bob that has enough money to buy a bucket can become a window cleaner. And that's why uh, it's very difficult to succeed here is because if you're going to, you're going to have to not be the commodity, become that luxury, you know, high end service that you can charge more. And it's going to take a lot of grinding, a lot of reading, a lot of failure. You're going to go out, you're going to quote jobs, you're going to quote them too low, find out you quoted it too low when you're doing it, realize you didn't make any money. Then you're going to have to raise your prices and figure out why you're not getting the jobs and then start to overcome those things. So the number one thing you've got to realize, and this is probably any business you're ever going to do, but is know your why, because there's going to be a lot of failure ahead of you. There's going to be a lot of heartache ahead of you, unless you've just got tons and tons of money to do this. If you're starting it like I did without a lot of cash, know your why, embrace failure, know that it's going to happen. And that's okay because most people quit during the failure phase. But if you can push through that, you're going to be able to rise above. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. There's a good TED talk and it's popular by Simon Sinek that uh, kind of addresses that why part. So I definitely recommend that. What about a number one resource for uh, anyone wanting to get into window washing or pressure washing? Okay. So a couple resources. One, uh, <laughs> my podcast, my, my YouTube channel, uh, I don't focus on the technical side of things, but just kind of the emotional journey. And it's just called journey of a new entrepreneur. Uh, you can find it on YouTube and you can also find it on iTunes. But uh, as far as books and things like that, uh, I'm going to give you two books and then I'm going to give you a podcast that's been invaluable for me. These are the two, probably the two most valuable books I've read. The first one would be The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. And I can only imagine you guys know that one. I mean, yep. pretty much anyone that's an entrepreneur knows that. So one little warning on The E-Myth is this, is when you're first starting up, The E-Myth talks about building systems and working on your business instead of working in it. Mm-hmm. And it's true. You have to do that. But when you're a new guy... You've got to do that boots on the ground work and you don't have a business to work on just yet. So if you're a new guy like I was and you're just starting out and you're trying to pay next month's rent, read the E-Myth at night. But really all you've got to focus on is getting in front of people, closing the sale, doing the work, cashing the check and repeating step one. And if it's not one of those things, you don't need to be focusing on it. But the E-Myth Uh, Once you get to a point where you have some cash flow and you can start doing some work on the business, that's a great book. The second book is called The Five Secrets to a Phenomenal Business by a guy named Howard Partridge. This guy, uh, he works in the Zig Ziglar Corporation. He also has a carpet cleaning business that he started out of the trunk of his car, grew it to over doing doing over $5 million a year. And The Five Secrets makes it sound bad, but all it is, it's five business systems that he's built, you know, a sales system, an operation system, a referral system, things like that to help you uh, build your business around those things. And then the last one is a podcast called The Quick Talk Podcast. And it's a podcast that uh, talks about the nuts and bolts of service businesses. So it actually gives you the how-tos on increasing your average ticket prices and how to get in front of people and how to properly market and things like that. The Quick Talk Podcast by a guy named Joshua Latimer. Nice. 
if someone wants to get a hold of you, uh, ask any questions, anything like that, where can people find you? You know what? Go to Facebook, Journey of a New Entrepreneur. I uh, just got a Facebook page, same name as the YouTube and iTunes thing. Uh, that's the best place to connect with me. You can shoot me a message, post on the wall, stuff like that. Uh, that's where a lot of people reach out to me. Awesome. I think that's it. Well, we appreciate you coming on, Bobby. I thought that was very informative, really interesting stuff. Yeah, Thank absolutely. You. I appreciate it, guys. This is fun. I love doing this stuff. And as you can tell, I love talking. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Wow. What a breath of fresh air with Bobby. What do you think, Seabass? This is one of those businesses that a lot of people can start fairly easily at a fairly low cost. But um, I was really impressed on the emphasis on marketing, on getting your name out, on persistence. So I think that's kind of the theme of pressure washing, window washing, things like that. It's just a matter of, of being extra persistent due to the to all the other jokers on the market and being very efficient with your marketing spend, with making reviews or building reviews. So that's kind of what I thought. What about you? I think if you have an itch like Bobby did and want to take action today and just have some money to do it, then I say, by all means, go for it. But at the same time, some of the things that really draw me back are uh, he talked about a limit uh, and we kind of talked about it too, the 400,000 revenue. So with that and just the high competition and seeing so many drop out that uh, it kind of worries me. But overall, I just two thumbs up for people who want to get after it. You're listening to the Business Shorts Podcast, where we interview successful small business owners in unique markets, all in under 30 minutes. If you want to start a small business and you're not sure what market to enter, or you're looking for actionable advice on how to improve your existing business, you're in the right place. For more information, show notes, and more, check out bshortspodcast.com.